This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Make sure that you like, I don't know if you do that, but some podcast platforms, but uh, subscribe, rate, review. We don't have enough of those uh, if you love us. If you don't love us, there is no review option um, on your app of choice whether that's Spotify or the Odyssey app, Apple podcast. I think that's the name. I don't have an iPhone. Uh, Just me today. Lindsay needed today off and I told her I can man the fort. Uh, If you're following me on Twitter, you see I released, or I guess on all Bengals, you see I released a Charlie Jones article. So I figured we could talk about that a little bit. Uh, I'll pull it up. What I see Charlie Jones Future comparison, what he is as a player, what he can bring to the Bengals year one, year three. I think that's usually what I'd like to do when I do those comparisons is what they're going to do year one. And then we're going to do year three because that should be when they're starting to hit their stride. Year five, maybe as a prime, although he's older. Year five, he's going to be 29 turning 30 years old. So I guess that's still prime, but late prime. If you don't know, Charlie Jones is our fourth round pick. He's uh he wasn't a slot receiver at Purdue, which I found interesting. He was an outside guy mostly, but I think he projects inside better than outside at the NFL level, and we'll get into that. He dominated the Big Ten last year. 110 catches, 1,361 yards, and 12 touchdowns. That was the most catches in the NCAA, the second most yards, and the fifth most receiving touchdowns. But that's really his only breakout. That He didn't break out before that, but he was at Iowa and before that, Buffalo. This is a player that is using the redshirt and the uh, COVID year as well to stay in school and try to make a case for him becoming an NFL player. He was also a return guy, mostly before this year in 2020, he was top five in return yardage, but I think he fell a little bit in the draft. Like this all sounds great because of his age and he's slender build. He's, he weighed in at, a little under 180 pounds. And I think that I was, wasn't told I was listening to the locked on Bengals podcast and they had uh, Mike Potts on, who's one of the Bengals, I believe director of college scouting. It could, I I believe so. And he basically said he dropped weight to run faster. We think he's more around 190, 195, which is still pretty slender 
for especially for what the Bengals like. Jamar Chase, I think he's a hair under six feet, even though he measured in at six feet, and he's over 200 pounds. I don't think they have another guy that is under 200 pounds. I'd have to check Trent Taylor, I guess. But what he does well already is, and some natural ability, is his short area quickness. He gets in and out of his breaks really quick underneath 10 yards or so. When you get beyond 10 yards, he kind of hits that top gear. And I see a little bit of an issue throttling down. And that makes it a little less viable for him being on the outside. And we'll get into another reason why I think he's more of a slot guy, a good slot guy, but a slot guy who can maybe moonlight outside if he puts on a little bit of good weight, but really good short area quickness gets in and out of his routes, get, you know, that suddenness, that change of direction can just create separation at the break immediately. I think he can add a little bit to that. He can add a little bit of fakes. He can add a little bit of a rocker step, something to just throw the defensive back off. If you think of Tyler Boyd, I always think of, you know, he does that kind of hesitation, skip, and then go. Just tempo. Tempo the routes and make them feel different. Like, he's going this speed, then he's going that speed. I th- I also think of basketball. You see basketball players, the ball handlers, are going to tempo. They're going to slow down, hesitate, go fast, go fast, slow down, go fast, decelerate, accelerate. And I think Jones has that ability, but he doesn't really use it right now. So that's a technical thing I think he can work on a little bit. He has fantastic three things I think are underrated when it comes to being a receiver and something that I loved in Jamar Chase coming out, body control, concentration, and the ability to catch contested balls and through contact. That's four things. So I'm sorry about saying three, (laughs) but four things, I think they're huge. And he does all of that over the middle. He takes hits or he braces for hits, but still catches the ball. He never, I don't want to say never, but almost never drops a pass because he can hear footsteps or because he sees a hit coming. He catches it and he can kind of contort his body to make that hit less of an impact. And I think that's big, especially the contorting your upper body while your lower body moves differently. That works for sideline catches and it works for back shoulder stuff that Joe Burrow loves throwing and all of the receivers for the Bengals are very good at. He's an experienced and explosive return guy. And I think that adds as a receiver as well. Like that's obviously the special teams benefit he's going to add this year is possibly being the return guy. I think he'll win that job, but it is up in the air. Maybe he's not as sure handed at the NFL level. We'll see. I think he'll win it though. And he'll probably be the most explosive guy they've had since Adam Pacman Jones. But that also says a little bit about what the Bengals have had at return man since then. Uh, And what I think in at, the NFL level and what that's going to do for him as a receiver is he has a good feel and processing and reading open field and knowing where to go space, being able to work through his blocks, screen passes, things like that. Um, And I also think he's just well seasoned. This makes sense because he's older, but he's smart. He reads coverage as well. He knows where to sit in a void of a zone. He knows where to, you know, move to make himself open um, there's not a ton I want, I would think of adding to his zone coverage. It's just the only thing that makes that not a super clean transition at the NFL level is one colleges sometimes will play those zones quite a bit different with what's called match coverage, where it's zone and that becomes man, you know, they start in zone and then say you're the number three receiver. When you declare as the number three receiver, that guy's just now matched up with you. He's just going to run with you wherever you go. If you declare vertically. Uh, so and the NFL speed is different, you know, the big 10, it's a good conference. It's not the sec in terms of athletes, but it's also even the sec isn't the NFL in terms of athletes. The NFL is the best of the best of college. 
So everybody is basically a collegiate star that's in the NFL. And those guys are all freak athletes. So you're going to get guys moving a lot quicker, windows closing a lot faster. But I think I think the foundation is there for him to be a very good receiver against zone coverages to get into why I don't think he's an outside receiver. He has pretty good speed. Like that isn't the issue. That's kind of been Tyler Boyd's issue is he tops out probably around four, six, and he's not a behemoth that uh, can really run a four, six and it doesn't matter. You know, I think of uh, Mike Williams is probably a little faster than that, but think that type of receiver, you know, big, not super fast, not on Tate slow, but um, a little slower, not going to beat any cornerbacks deep, <clears throat> but can just bully them. And Boyd can't really do that. That's why he lives in the slot. Charlie Jones gets bullied a little bit, even at his collegiate weight of 190, 195. I saw a lot of corners, Joey Porter, all these, even though he cooked Joey Porter a little bit himself, a lot of these guys, when they get hands on him early on the outside, they funnel him out of bounds or within what's called the no tread zone, which is about five yards from out of bounds. You don't want to get in that spot because it makes the throw nearly impossible to make as the quarterback. Now you've got a great one in Joe Burrow that can throw it accurately down the field. But we even saw when Jamar Chase entered the league, he kind of entered that no tread zone a little too much and it led to some missed opportunities. So I think that's something Charlie needs to work on is both getting bigger and stronger to just take that contract contact and stay on a straight line and stay outside of five yards from the sideline. But also I think he could use a varied release package. He has a little bit of this split release and go and he can go inside or outside with that. I think that might be his best release, or he just does a rip, and that just makes it hard. Man, releasing as a wide receiver, side tangent, is so similar to being a defensive lineman, pass rushing, you know, rip moves, swipe moves, swim moves, etc. So he rips, and that makes it hard because you're you're moving. It's harder to hit somebody as they're moving the target, and it makes the target slimmer because you have to hit his shoulder he's turning his body and making his chest unavailable. I think he's got a foundation for a release, but I think he could vary his release package and get a little bit better with it. Uh, and the other issue I saw, well, two more issues and then the age thing, but the age thing is just, it is what it is. Guys who break out earlier, just, you know, they have a tendency to be better receivers at the NFL level. Most guys who can dominate NFL corners at the age of 19 are going to do that at the NFL level, but guy who can dominate college corners at the age of 24 might not. But what I see as an issue, and this is inside and outside is he's not a great blocker right now. And I think that's also kind of a weight thing. Now the Bengals are pretty spread. They like their slot to be 10 yards outside, you know, just not next to the, the tackle. They'll ask them to come in sometimes run duo, get that guy inside, block the safety, dig them out. But they're not asking that guy to be Cooper Cup and block a defensive end or a linebacker. It's blocking DB types, but he kind of struggled against blocking DB types at the college level. So that's something Troy Walters needs to get him working on. And I, like I said, I think he needs to get the weight up a little bit, get some good weight on him. Um, there's room for growth there. You hope that the NFL weight program, but I hear some people talk about NFL weight programs, not that different from these big school programs, but now it's his job. It's not his, you know, four hour. Well, I don't want to say four hours. Uh, a day, but you know, maybe 30 hours a week at the college level turns into your 40 hour a week job and you're hitting the weight room and you're doing all this other stuff to get better. It's his full-time job now. And the last thing 
about him that I think is an area that can work on, or maybe a concern is I don't see the yak ability too much. I see him beat guys to the corner sometimes. That's why I talk about. He's got good speed, but I don't see him. His shiftiness as a route runner doesn't show up as much as a guy with the ball in his hands. And that's where I think some of the comparisons fall short, where I see, I don't see um, the Peter Warwick, which I've heard before. I don't see that because Peter Warwick made a killing as a yak guy, even though I was a very young guy seeing those. Um, I've watched him back as an older 27 year old, but uh, I don't, I don't see it as much because what he did was he just made defenders look silly with the ball in his hands. And Jones doesn't really do that too much. There's, it shows up flashes but even as a return guy what he likes to get is that alley and just go he reads the field well i don't know how much you can work on that but i think the the bare bones are there as the speed the shiftiness the change of direction etc the one thing i don't know that can get better is he doesn't have great balance guys will take him down on first contact pretty routinely but that's jones as a player now quickly to get into the schematic fit i think this year he's the backup slot i don't think he's going to take the backup wide receiver outside wide receiver job from Trenton Irwin. We'll see. It's a possibility, but I'd put the money on Irwin the same way I'm putting the money on Jonah to win the right tackle job. There's a chance that Jackson Carmen wins that job or even that Lowell Collins is healthy week one. But what I see is probably 75% chance that Jonah in his case, and in this case, Trent Irwin wins that job that I'm talking about. But the backup slot's still a very crucial role because it's what the Bengals needed against the chiefs. Trent Taylor wasn't able to do it. And like I've discussed a lot, Trent Irwin, isn't that short shifty Julian Edelman type. He is a big Eric Decker type on the outside six foot three, you know, some ability to sink, but that's not his game. I see pretty much a seamless transition in three years, maybe two years to him taking over Tyler Boyd's role. That is the the area that seems pretty clear to me is he could be the starting slot. Um, it'll probably take, I just want a year of him getting better weight on him. I want a year of, you know, some technical refinement and improvement, even though he is pretty refined because he's 24, 25 years old, but I want to give it a year. And I think a little bit of that is the weight thing for the most part. Um, he does his best work short and intermediate. I think he can stretch the field a little bit with his, you know, ability to make contested catches, surprisingly good contested catch guy. And the Bengals will love that. They like all their guys to be like that. And then finally, NFL comparison took me forever to come up with because I, I, so many, I don't like, like I saw Danny Amendola and I thought that's good for what I think he can be, but I think he has more juice than that. And I, like I mentioned, I saw the Peter work. I've seen Michael Gallup and Darnell Mooney. I don't agree with those because those guys are mostly outside types, even though they're smaller but I came up with Steve Breston. And I think that works on a few levels, size and athleticism. Steve was a good athlete, especially change of direction stuff. And he had a little bit of juice as a downfield guy slot. Mainly he could, he could play a little on the outside, but slot mainly. And he was the third fiddle to, to, to maybe the best wide receiver duo in the league at the time of Anquan Bolden and Larry Fitzgerald. They were the last trio to hit 1,000 yards in the same season. So that is just about everything you need to know about Mr. Chuck Sizzle, the Bengals' new backup slot wide receiver and fourth-round pick. Coming up next, we got questions. Everybody, 
was gracious enough to ask me enough questions that I will feel like I'm not just talking to myself on this podcast over the next two segments, but we'll be back right after this. <laughs> <laughs> 